Dr. Michael Roizen. Dr. Michael Roizen. You, the Owner's Manual Radio Show. You're listening to You, the Owner's Manual Radio Podcast and Radio MD, iHeart, or wherever you download us from. Thank you very much for doing so. We, as usual, are brought to you by Life's First Naturals, naturals with an S, Com. You can see their peer-reviewed, randomized controlled trials of both true biotics and bovine colostrum. It's something maybe our guest should take if he has a problem with his gut on his, if you will, vigorous adventures. And he does do the most vigorous adventures. The new book by Colin O'Brien is The 12-Hour Walk. Invest one day, conquer your mind, and allow your un, un, unlock your best life. It's published by Scribner, but I got to meet him when he did a presentation, I think, with his wife at the Cleveland Clinic on the Explorers Grand Slam and the Seven Summits. It was a New York Times number one bestseller, I believe, The Impossible First. Um, this book uh, promises also to excite you, um, and I'm looking forward to this because I haven't heard him talk on this subject. But he did suffer a injury that made his first triumph so very unlikely um, that uh, I will listen to anything he says because he obviously was um, an ama- it did an amazing thing and consequently um, can change behavior in a spectacular way. So we're going to get to a series of questions for Colin O'Brien, but the book to remind you is The 12-Hour Walk, Invest One Day, Conquer Your Mind, and Unlock Your Best Life. This is You, the Owner's Manual. Colin, um, you were told at one time you'd never walk again, and you overcame that obstacle by winning a triathlon um, of over 4,000 participants, I think, in Chicago um, just four years later. How, how did you do that, and what, what caused the injury, and how did you overcome that? Yeah, you know, when I was um, – uh, after college, I took a trip around the world um, didn't have a lot of money, but I saved up a few thousand dollars painting houses. And as a young person kind of went in the world on a shoestring budget. And, uh, it was an amazing experience to be out in the world and kind of spread my wings as a young person, um, my early twenties. Um, but tragedy befell me when I was in Thailand and I, uh, foolishly, maybe because I didn't have a fully formed prefrontal cortex, decided to jump a flaming jump rope, which went terribly wrong. The rope wrapped around my legs and let my body completely on fire to my neck. Uh, thankfully survival mode kicked in when I needed it most. And I jumped into the ocean to extinguish the flames, but not before about 25% of my body was severely burned. And I ended up spending, uh, a couple months in various rural Thai hospitals. Um, you know, not the best medical facilities given how remote of a part of the world, um, I was in when this happened. And the, the doctors warned that I would likely maybe never walk again normally because of the damage to the ligaments and ankle joints. I didn't think I'd get, regain full mobility on uh, my legs. Uh, thankfully, there's a heroine to this story, which is my mother. Um, she came and found me after the fourth or fifth day and really instilled in me something that I've carried with me through the rest of my life. And my newest book, The 12-Hour Walk, is really written from this premise um, of sharing with everyone's ability to do this, but conjure what I call 
a possible mindset, sort of an empowered way of thinking that unlocks a life of limitless possibilities. Um, this possible mindset, you know, she dared me to dream about the future and say, this is a bad situation, but what do you want to do when you get out of here? Let's set a goal. And I set my sights on one day racing a triathlon, not knowing how I would do that, not knowing how I would get out of the wheelchair that I was in um, after the burn accident. Um, and it's a little bit too long of a detailed story for this podcast uh, format. Um, but the long story short is I learned how to walk again and slowly jog and and one day run. And just 18 months after being burned in this fire, 18 months after being pulled, I would never walk again normally. I um, completed the Chicago triathlon. And to my utter surprise, I didn't just complete it, but I actually won, as you mentioned. I won the entire Chicago triathlon, placing first out of nearly 4,000 other participants on the day. Now, that takes a lot of both native talent as well as persistence from um, where you were, but you also did, um, if you will, the what I would call, um, and that's where I, I got to listen to you and actually meet you at the Cleveland Clinic when um, you talked about the seven peaks. Um, so let's go and, and do one or two minutes on the seven peaks before we get to this book, because I want the audience to understand how remarkable and how determined you are and how that probably affected you um, in a positive way. Can you tell us that? Yeah, so after being burned in the fire um, and winning this triathlon, you know, there was a deep curiosity in me, which is what are the limits of human potential, not just mine, but everyone's. And I believe that we all have reservoirs of untapped potential to achieve extraordinary things. Um, and, you know, I set off into the world with that curiosity. I ended up racing triathlon professionally, trying to make the Olympics for the next six or seven years. Um, and then I set my sights on what was my childhood dream, which was to climb Mount Everest, but not just to climb Mount Everest. I set the sights on setting the world record for something called the Explorer's Grand Slam. So that's to climb the tallest mountain on each of the seven continents, as well as complete expeditions to both the North Pole and the South Pole. Uh, basically in the, the spring and the early winter and spring of 2016, I had, uh, this goal and I ended up in 139 consecutive nonstop days of climbing, uh, trek to the South pole, the tallest mountain in Antarctica, South America, Kilimanjaro, Everest, Denali, et cetera. And this nonstop back to back to back nine expeditions back to back to back in a row and setting the world record, both two world records for the Explorers Grand Slam. Um, and the seven summits. And that has now certainly opened up over the last five years into a life of adventure and exploration. I now sit here humbly with 10 world records, um, you know, including becoming the first person in history to cross the entire continent of Antarctica solo, uh, first person in history to row a boat across Drake Passage. So a tiny little rowboat, no one had ever taken that across Drake Passage, the most treacherous set of ocean crossing in the world from the southern tip of South America to Antarctica. Um, and, and all of that is sort of through the lens of, of mindset, conquering our minds, conquering the, and harnessing really the power and the limitless potential. I believe we all live inside all of us. How much of that do you think? And, and let's do one more minute on that before we get to exactly mindset and the current, um, 12 hour walk book, but how much of that people will say he must have incredible natural talent. He must have been a world-class athlete before this. Were you a world-class athlete before you went to Thailand? Um, is this just a continuation of, of what might be called uncredible greatness that you then have harnessed? Or is this really 
um, harnessing and becoming incredibly great? Yeah, you know, I, I was an athlete when I was a kid. You know, I swam in college, um, but certainly um, that has been a massive accelerant on all of that. I was not a, I don't think I would be considered a world-class athlete in my adolescence and my youth. Um, and I love to remind people that I set all 10 of my world records after being burned in this fire, you know? So the, you know, I think that that fire, uh, the mindset shift around that, and then of course the continual growth beyond that with professional sport and triathlon and this various expeditions, each one of them have stacked and I've gotten stronger and stronger, um, throughout time. And so I think that it really, you know, what I love to teach and tell people is, you know, not everyone is trying to push their body in athletic pursuits. That's just the, one of my expressions in the world. But I think we do all have an Everest that we want to climb. I love to ask people that question, you know, what's your Everest? Mine was literally climbing Mount Everest, but what's your Everest? It doesn't matter if it's around uh, music, love, family, community, entrepreneurship, business, love. I mean, it doesn't matter, right? But what is that for you? And then I believe that achieving that or reaching those goals or those uh, proverbial mountaintops really comes down to the power of the mind, something that I believe we all have power over cultivating and flexing. I like to say the most important muscle any of us have is the six inches between our ears. And I use the word muscle very deliberately there to sort of give the same effect because we understand you have to work your muscles out to get them stronger. And so when you can flex and develop your mind, um, I believe we all have this resonant power inside of us. And the 12-hour walk and the invitation of the global community um, that I'm building with that really is this invitation for people to flex and develop the power of their own minds, conquer their own minds, and unlock their best lives. Well, let's start with the, the premise of the 12-hour walk. Um, and, and what do you mean by invest one day, conquer your mind? It's not like you're, um, I guess it is in your case, flexing your cerebellum. Um, but uh, tell us what you mean by what do you do on the 12-hour walk? What's the book all about? Yeah, so the book, of course, will give a better description than just a quick few minutes here. Um, but at its core, the book is about um, the common limiting beliefs we all face. So I have found in talking to thousands and thousands of people about this topic that many people are held back by a series of similar common limiting beliefs that we arise in our own minds and our own thoughts. You know, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I'm not strong enough. What if I fail? What if people criticize me? You know, fears and doubts and limiting beliefs that I think we've all wrestled with from time to time. The 12-hour walk itself, um, it's derived, uh, the, the sort of process is derived from the time that I spent crossing Antarctica, 54 days, pulling a 375-pound sled alone across Antarctica. But during the COVID lockdown, I also found myself kind of struggling in my mind to reach back into this sort of flow state and bliss that I found in the solitude of Antarctica. I started taking these walks during COVID by myself, alone, no music, no podcast, no outside distractions, just alone, me and my thoughts for a full day. And I found that that really anchored and centered me. And so the 12-hour walk, although there's so much more to, of course, in the book uh, to unpack, at its core, it's a call to action that can be summed up in a few sentences, which is the investment of one day is you taking one day, putting it on your calendar, walking out your front door, putting your phone in airplane mode, not listening to music, not listening to podcasts, and spending a day in a walking meditation. Now, you might say, oh, walking 12 hours, I don't know if I'm fit enough for that. I don't care how many breaks you take. I don't care uh, if you walk for one mile or 50 miles. My 77-year-old mother-in-law has completed the 12-hour walk by walking one time around her block and then taking uh, an hour uh, into continuing the stillness and silence and sitting down and resting and then walking another time. 
And there's no right or wrong way to do it other than taking the 12 hours to engage in the stillness and silence. In our busy, hyper-connected world with iPhones and email and social media and all these things, it's so rare that in this day and age that we take the time to be alone, be alone with ourselves, be alone with our thoughts. And as thousands and thousands of people all around the world have already completed the 12-hour walk, there's one thing everyone has in common. People are from different walks of life, different ages, different circumstances. But the one common thing they have is on the other side of the 12-hour walk, people feel stronger. People feel renewed. People have a sense of clarity, fulfillment, um, depth of purpose moving forward. It really is, like I say, invest one day. That one single day investment of your time and energy can pay massive, massive dividends. And I continue to see it unfold, which is why I'm so passionate about spreading the message. It's widely accessible. It's completely free. You can sign up on my website, 12hourwalk.com. Um, and that's just a way to stay accountable to putting a date on your calendar and answering some FAQs about, you know, what food to bring and, you know, what types of things you should think about before you prepare. But at its core, it's accessible to anyone. And it has a massive, massive benefit in such a relatively short period of time. Now, what happens to people? People will ask, I'm sure, well, I get lost in these thoughts, and, and as I'm walking, I go into thoughts, some funny thoughts about the stress in my life or about, um, if you will, the way my mother-in-law is treating me or whatever. Um, what do you do at that point? Do you keep going or do you refocus? Is this like meditation, people would ask, or is it um, you let any thought come in and you finish it? Yeah, no, it's not a meditation in the context where you're trying to kind of refocus your mind back to breath, you know, which is a common thing in meditation. Meditation has been a really important practice for me. This is more allowing the thoughts to arise and then giving yourself the time and space to actually dive into them. So the book, of course, frames a little bit more thought starters around this and actual sort of tangible ways to go about this. But it's not, uh, the, the walk itself is not to try to force your mind or thoughts in one direction or another. It's allowing things to arise. But in general, what we normally do is something arises, particularly something uncomfortable arises, we reach for our iPhone, we turn on the TV, we talk to a friend, we kind of escape that. But the silence and the solitude and the actual physical motion of walking with the dopamine release and the serotonin allows for people to actually dive in and actually give some greater thought and detail to maybe things that they're inspired by, but also to your point, things that might be frustrating them, challenges that they're facing, and really give people the opportunity and tools they're equipped to sort of dive into those thoughts and, and to use your words, complete them. So this is all and in the book, The 12-Hour Walk, Invest One Day, Conquer Your Mind and Unlock Your Best Life. The uh, website is 12thenumber12hourwalk.com, as I understand. Is that correct? That's right. So 12-Hour Walk, Invest One Day in Yourself, the goal conquer your mind and becoming your best self. Obviously, Colin has conquered more than uh, most of us even dream of conquering, but he gives us um, a, if you will, mission. That is to find your mission and to learn how to conquer so that you can accomplish it. And whether that's climbing Everest or the seven peaks or doing what I consider the impossible, dragging a 300-plus uh, pound, 350-plus pound um, sled across Antarctica in seven days. I think it was seven days. Um, and uh, 54 days. Uh, 54 days and beating the record. I mean, it's just unbelievable, right? And uh, 
I, I've got to ask you to tell one more story because I found it uh, so powerful when you uh, um, were giving the talk at the Cleveland Clinic. Um, that was uh, you were almost um, died on K2, but your intuition saved you. What was that? Yeah, you know, it's a, a longer form story. We just don't have time to get into all the details. I write a chapter about it on in a 12-hour walk. But in short, I was attempting to climb K2 in winter, um, something that had never been climbed before in winter. Uh, K2 is the second tallest mountain in the world, but it's actually much more technically challenging and dangerous than Mount Everest. Um, and yeah, after spending a couple months on the mountain, I was just one day away from the summit, pushing towards the top at 24,000 feet. And a series of circumstances sort of played out. Um, and many people who were on the mountain decided to push ahead and go forward. And typically, I'm kind of the guy who has, you know, resilience and wants to push myself and, and challenge myself. And I certainly am still that. But there was something intuitively inside of me saying, no, now is actually the time to back off and turn around. There was, you know, kind of a set of circumstances that led to my intuition telling me that. Um, and it's ultimately a really sad and tragic story that will. Um, stick with me for the rest of my life. But um, long story short, five of my friends uh, died on that expedition and my intuition and me turning around saved my life. Um, and so uh, something I'm still sort of like grappling with, but the kind of moral of the story and the reason I share that story in the 12 hour walk is not just to, you know, talk about the tragedy, but more so to talk about how there is an inner voice and inner knowing within all of us that maybe the, the stakes aren't always on a mountaintop life or death, but in big decisions in our life, and certainly that the time we allow ourselves in the 12-hour walk to sit with some of the difficult questions or challenges we have in our life, more often than not, we do have the answer. The answer often lies inside. We just have to listen to that inner voice and that intuition. Colin, thanks very, very much. We, of course, are sponsored, as usual, by you um, not by you, the Owner's Manual podcast. That is what we are. This is 1115B. The Bs are always great guests like Colin, uh, like we had last week and will have next week. Um, and the As are always the latest medical news of the week and especially what it means to you. We are sponsored by Life's First Naturals. Um, they make probiotics, true biotic and they make uh, bovine colostrum, something that helps you heal when you overdo exercise or when you take a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug. One of the great things, you can go to uh, 12hourwalk.com to find out more about this book or just go and order it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or your local independent bookstore. Colin O'Brady is really a inspiration to us all and has taught me an awful lot about overcoming the impossible. I hope he'll do that for you too. Caitlin, thank you for engineering. Thank you, especially our listeners, for downloading us and keeping this podcast motivated and going. Of course, thank you, Colin O'Brien. We'll be back next week with another guest. I don't know if anyone can top Colin, but I say that often with guests, but Colin is truly an inspiration. 12-hour walk. Uh, do get it at your local bookstore. In the meantime, thanks very much. See you on the radio and in the podcast next week.